Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Book Reporters. I am happy to be joined by an author, V.L. Adams, whose debut novel, The Source of Smoke, is currently available right now. V.L. or Vicky, uh, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me today. So, um, We'll go ahead and get started. Um, you do some pretty unique work in that relates to the uh, your book you wrote, where you do a lot of work uh, specializing in law and wrongful convictions. Uh, why don't you start off by telling a little bit about who you are and what you do with that? Of course. So I am originally and i went to college for photojournalism and then at 22 i decided that i wasn't quite ready to go out into the world as a photojournalist so i wanted another degree i have no clue why but somebody mentioned law school and i thought i could do that i could take the lsat i could go to law school so i took the lsat ended up in law school but for me it was never about practicing law i've always been really interested by lawyers and what they do, but I didn't know if I actually wanted to practice law myself. So when I graduated law school, I decided, you know, I went through three years of this, I need to take the bar, you know, try practicing, see if I can do it. I did that for a few years and didn't really love it, didn't feel a tie to it. And um, my husband and I relocated and I would have to take the bar in another state if I wanted to continue to practice. And I didn't want to do that. So I decided to look for something that felt more meaningful. And I looked in nonprofit. I happened to come across this nonprofit that they do educational programs for lawyers and law enforcement. And they were hired to work on education, specifically in wrongful convictions and actual innocence. It wasn't a topic I had thought about very much before, but thought it sounded great. So I wrote a cover letter bordering on desperate and um, interviewed for the job and I got it. It was a part-time job. I was working another job as well. Um, but I immediately fell in love with the topic of actual innocence. Um, so this was around 2014, 2015. This was around the time that the serial podcast came out. So it was the very beginning of all of these true crime, wrongful conviction podcasts and documentaries. And I just dove into it. And I've been working in that area in some way or another ever since. I put together a lot of programming for, as I mentioned, lawyers, law enforcement, judges, law students on the topic of actual innocence and wrongful conviction. But recently, within the last couple of years, we've also been putting together programming for the public to educate them on the topics related to this, how wrongful convictions actually occur, what they need to know about them, and how they can help. Well, do you get to look and work on any actual cases of wrongful convictions? I do not. I do not work on actual cases. Um, I generally, I have met several exonerees after the fact. 
um, you know, they, they have come to our building, been part of our programs, and they talk about you know, the experience that they went through, but I do not work on any active cases. I just work on educating the lawyers that may take those types of cases in the future. Okay. Well, I mean, myself, I'm a big true crime fan and wrongful convictions is a sort of a hot issue, I would say, in the genre. As you said, many podcast documentaries have, you know, come out in regards to that. And wrongful convictions, it's a unique circumstance. I mean, how many... I'm sure you can imagine the percentage of prisoners who claim they are innocent and not. So, I mean, I know a lot of work and studying has to go into like the actual cases that people can take on for a project like this or teach about. And then there's also this also, um, the aspect of maybe they are guilty, but there are issues with the investigation that they were not convicted beyond a reasonable doubt. And that, uh, we'll get into, uh, your first book here, uh, which is, is the basis for the plot of the book is about a wrongful conviction but there are aspects of, you know, uh, you're questioning whether the character in the book who has been convicted is truly guilty. And there's also the question of, was there him? And it can be a tricky situation going in from that perspective of maybe they did do it, but if there was issues with the investigation and the trial, you do have a case to make. You're right. You it's something? a, it's a very tricky topic. Um, it, it is. Um, but there, there also, even if there are you know issues, it's really hard to get a person out of prison once they're there, even if they are innocent or if their conviction, you know, didn't check all of the boxes, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tricky and really interesting. Well, and especially something that was mentioned with the character, um, the convicted in your book, the character's name. And the thing with his, a big part of it hinged on one of the officers claiming that he had confessed. I know that once there is a confession that is introduced is makes it even more because there is the attitude of why would you confess to something you didn't do? Yeah. False confessions. Um, I think that's the topic of wrongful convictions that people struggle with the most um, because people just have a hard time wrapping their head around why someone would confess to a crime that they didn't commit. Um, and, 
And I think most people will never fully understand the pressure that people are under when they're in an interrogation with one officer, multiple officers. Um, you know, it all depends on how long the interrogation goes, things like that. Um, but you're right. It, it changes it changes the way the prosecutor sees the case, the way the law enforcement see the case. You know, even if they had doubts before, if someone says this man or this woman confessed, then, you know, those other possibilities are eliminated from their mind. So they're looking for the rest of the evidence to make sure that they can put this person away for the crime. And uh, I know a big issue, um, a big thing with that is also with the jury because the jur the prosecutors in law enforcement more often, but a jury of citizens is more likely to have that viewpoint like, well, why would, why would you confess if you didn't do it? It's harder for, for a jury to see why that may be the case. So it's as much as, the prosecutors in law enforcement you view from that angle it's more so with the jury it I, is I but it shouldn't ever make it to the jury unless you know the law enforcement and prosecutors have already made their mind up on the case and decided that was the way to go and usually they they've already in their mind at least eliminated all the other possible suspects by the time it does get to the jury so that's one of the things that, you know, innocent and un innocent until proven guilty, you know, we hear it all of the time, but at the same time, it's hard for a jury of 12 individuals to truly believe that the person in front of them is innocent when they know that the law enforcement have you know, investigated the crime. The prosecutor's office has investigated the crime and all of the evidence and decided that there was enough to go forward with the case. And, you know, without giving anything in the book away, I mean, when there is an officer in the book who is convinced, uh, the officer who took this so-called confession, who is convinced that it, this is the guy who did it, it doesn't matter if I have to make something up to, I know this guy did it, if I have to bend things a certain way he goes away then so be it he's where he belongs and uh, I mean a big part of convictions a lot of times is with like police departments in settings like where this book is set this is very small town uh, in the south I would say um a bit of racism going on in a sense. I mean, this uh, convicted is a black man and in, uh, in, I got the sense reading it was a mostly white town. Like most of the other characters were white in the book and Darius and his brother who becomes a character are really the only black characters in the book. And yeah, and um, so you have, you know, that small town mentality and 
that that tends to be a big thing uh when cases like this um, yeah there's a lot of pressure on law enforcement yeah and i i also got the sense that crime. yeah i also got the sense you hear these stories you know with these small town law uh these small town police departments they don't usually deal with a crime like this so they're ill-equipped to investigate it even in any way. So it's, you know, there's more possibilities for mistakes to be made in that regard. Yeah, that's that's definitely the way I set it up in this book. I think, um, I think a lot of times people do the best they can with the knowledge that they have but that may not be the best that can be done. And so, you know, they, they feel pressure from people within their community and their town to, to solve a crime. And so they, they think that it's something that they can do themselves without pulling other people in and, and they make mistakes. Um, good people make mistakes all the time. Yeah. And with that, I feel we can dive more into the discussion of the book itself. Now I have what we usually do on this podcast is read the synopsis for the book to, as a jumping off point, more of a jumping off point, but I have a go ahead and read that right now. So synopsis for the source of smoke, your book, the source of smoke. Since Charlie, Charlie has dedicated her life or dedicated herself to being the perfect guardian for her niece, even if it means the painful sacrifice of moving back to the hometown she'd wanted to leave for good. Her sister was murdered by her boyfriend in a crime of passion. Case closed, or so Charlie thought. A series of letters ignites Charlie's curiosity about the convicted murderers. As she digs deeper, she sees things others may have hidden or ignored to an impasse where she has to decide what, if anything, she's going to do about it. Why won't the universe let Charlie move on? How will her catch a killer anyway? We often think of heroes as martyrs. People can make a huge difference in the lives of others when they're willing to ask difficult questions. Lovers of small town murder mysteries will find themselves muttering, just one more chapter, one more chapter. And I, I did find myself muttering that one more chapter. Keep keep, keep it going. <laughs> but well, yeah, uh, well, I will start off. I really enjoyed this book. I, um, after, um, after you reached uh, to discuss this book, I did go and uh, purchase a copy, and I did thoroughly enjoy this book. And it's another book. Uh, town murder mystery right up my alley and um you start off by saying i really did enjoy the book thank you so much um i'm really glad to hear that and thank you so much for for reading it for sharing it um that means a lot to me and yeah uh we can uh character so uh Charlie, which name, uh, she goes 
name is Charlotte, if I'm correct. Um, but she goes by Charlie. Raising her sister, Raina, after Danny was killed. And Danny's boyfriend, Darius, is the one who was convicted of her murder. And Danny receives letters from Darius. And at first she's like, I have no interest in reading you know, reading my sister's killer has to say, um, you know, he's, he's made this campaign of trying to get him out to get her to come visit him. And she, something finally happens. She receives a third letter and she finally just, whatever compels her, she dives in. One interesting thing I found about this story, a family member of murdered, of a murder victim, if the person who was convicted of their murder, who you have in mind that they did it all along, and then this journey is on that, wait a minute, maybe he, and she connects with his brother, who of course believes he's innocent. And I find that interesting. Again, as a family member of a murder, she brings herself to start to question when she's had it so in her mind that this is the guy who killed my sister. And something in wrongful conviction cases that make these documentaries or podcasts that you really don't hear a lot about. So how, how did you, how was that writing uh, a character, like a family member who has to question, start to question these things? Um, in some ways it's inspired by a real case. Um, but in a roundabout way. Um, there is, there's this well-known wrongful conviction case. And um, I've always thought it was really interesting because it was a rape case. And the woman you know, identified the man from pictures and um, he was convicted. And then years later, DNA exonerated him. Um, but instead of denying it, like some people have, done like some victims um this woman you know she accepted it she embraced this man that she helped wrongfully convict and um you know they they have a good relationship together they're friends now they've written a book together and i was always really inspired by the way she you know, changed her viewpoint. She was willing to see things differently than she had believed they were for years. Um, and I just, I really admire people that are able to take in more information and then change their mind based on that information rather than just saying, this is my belief. I'm going to stay with it forever. 
And I think that's, that's where the inspiration for that character came from. You know, it's, it's not a direct relationship. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a murder case. It wasn't a family member, that sort of thing. But, but I've always really admired people that can take being wrong and grow from it. Well, um, case when I was thinking of that aspect came to mind is, um, the West Memphis three case where Byers, who's the stepfather of one of the boys murdered for years was convinced that these three teenagers did it. And finally years later, like realized like, okay, I've like heard these stories that I've heard, like all this other, like there's no evidence that ties to that. Okay. I'm willing to believe wrong all these years and those those that came out by the third one which came out like almost you know 20 years after the case happened and he's like okay I I now I was I had it wrong all along and the that's a big case that came to my that's I mean that along with I mean that sounds vaguely familiar to me. I can't name it, but it um, familiar. And but the is, book that was written about it is called Picking Cotton. Um, okay, Ronald Cotton was the man who was wrongfully convicted. And um, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's something you can really blame the family for because this is what no, this is all. what law this is what law enforcement told them. This is what a jury came to. This is what shooters claim, you know, told them. You can never blame the family for this, but it is. It is an incredible. uh, Circumstance where the family of the victim. To come around. That. They had it wrong, and and you you'd want to hear that more because like you'd want in the grant. I mean, in the end, you want whoever is responsible for the death of your loved one to face the consequences. And I think the idea of someone that wrongfully just makes hurt even where it makes the scope of that much wider like you're you're affecting other families and i think while i can't blame them for wanting to believe the story that law enforcement and prosecutors told them in the end i think everyone just wants the truth and you know doesn't want any damage done to any more families, which is, and you talk in the book about how Charlie becomes, begins to feel a kinship with Darius's brother, Malachi, who she lost her sister and in a sense is going through the loss of his brother, even though his brother is still alive, he's in prison for life and 
is almost dead in that sense. So she she can begin to feel a kinship to him in that regard. And I also found that uh, inspiring how he managed to connect with him because introduction is the best of terms with her, but they grow to become more trusting of um, a genuine close happen with them. Uh, but getting the sense of even romantic implications at one point. But I found that inspiring how they were able to work together to try to come to the truth. And his appreciation of Charlie wanting to get to the truth. Yeah. Um, you know, shared circumstances, they may not look exactly the same, but I, I think grief can recognize grief. And um, you can you can find interesting connections with people um, when you've got shared experiences, even if they don't look exactly the same. And I think that was one of the things with the entire character of Charlie is I wanted her to be the type of person that is willing to really find out who people are rather than just take, you know, somebody's word for it. You know, somebody says you don't want to get involved with them. Like she wants to understand why she wants to figure out who this person really is. And, um, in some ways that was what made her a little bit of an outsider in the town that she lived in. Um, she didn't, she didn't like the gossip. She didn't want to engage in that part of it. She wanted to make up her own mind and figure it out. And that's, she, she found a kinship in Malachi because, you know, they were, they were both looking for the truth and, you know, their shared grief gave them, gave them something to bond over. Yeah. And let's talk about the, uh, the town itself as a setting for this book. Um, it's the kind of, again, it's a small town and it's, one of the towns, like, you know, everyone gossips about each other. It's one of the towns where there were many characters in the book where, you know, they married their high school sweetheart. And, I mean, everybody grew up together and stayed together. Was that was that the kind of town you grew up in or ever lived in? Did that become the inspiration for a town like this? It was, yes. Um, I grew up in a very small town in southeastern Oklahoma. I lived there until I was 18. And everybody went to school together from kindergarten all the way through graduation. Same class. I graduated with fifth. And, um, and it, it was like that. I mean, not everybody married their high school sweetheart. Not everybody stayed in town. But, you know, that's the type of town, the type of setting that I know really well. It feels natural to me. And I really enjoy reading books that are set in you know, a small town because it just has this nostalgic vibe for me. And so that was something that I wanted to recreate because it just felt natural. Yeah, well, did you see, see part of yourself in Charlie? Because Charlie is someone who did get out of town, 
but she uh, is forced to come back after this tragedy. Did you, did you see some of yourself and Charlie in that regard? Not that a tragedy <laughs> is forcing you to move back to your hometown, but. Um, I, I, I do. There are definite similarities there. Um, I think I've heard some people say that a lot of times your first novel, the, the main character is going to have a lot of similarities to you because that's what feels natural as you're learning how to fully put together a story and all of that. So there are some similarities. I am not Charlie though. Um, but yeah, that did feel natural to me. Um, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I will say it is again, it, I did thoroughly enjoy this book and, um, yeah. Uh, do you uh, have any ideas of other type of uh, tell, like an, any idea what your next book could be? I know this one is still very fresh for you, but do you already have ideas want to go from here? I do. So I've already started my next novel. Um, not too far in, maybe 10-15%. Um, it is also small town murder mystery type of case. Um, it's based on a, a girl who goes missing 10 years before and then her body is found. And so it is the story of the person who found the body trying to figure out you know, what happened. You know what I? Uh, I've been expanding like different small town murder mystery has always been on my short list of to go to for me, and this one was pretty was pretty good, I thought. And I'm you explained that to me the premise for your next book. I'm already looking forward to it. So <laughs> wonderful. But uh, Nikki, I want to thank you for again for joining me today. And if you want to plug your socials and where can follow you and interact with you at online, yeah, I mean the easiest is just to go to my website, which is VL Adams, or you can also follow me on Instagram, VL Adams underscore writer. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show today. It's been great to talk about my book and I look forward to listening to more of your episodes. Well, thank you very much. I'm very happy to have you join me. And I was to, uh, you reached out, uh, told me about your book and I was happy to read it. So I, uh, I love connecting with new authors and always reading they put out and uh this was fantastic and i'll have you on again to discuss your next book whenever that may be that would be great thank you i look forward to it all right everyone the source by vl adams is currently available it's available on amazon and kindle and in paperback form barnes and noble maybe um have you gotten word that's 
Or, I'm sorry, could you say that again? I missed that. Have you have you gotten word that it's at Barnes and Noble or any bookstores? So yes. It, it's at most online bookstores, like bookshop.org, Barnes and Noble, um, all of those places. And there are a couple copies available for request at the Akron Summit Coming. Akron Summit County Public Library, where I work, I was able to uh, put in a request to purchase a few physical copies of your book, and they did come in. So we have them at the library where I work. That's great. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. And uh, thank, you, thank you for joining me. And everyone, uh, check out her book and give her a follow. And thank you for listening. And I will talk to you later. Take care, everyone. Take care, Vicki. Take care. Thank you, everyone, again for listening this week. Again, be sure to check out The Source of Smoke by BL Adams and give her a follow on Instagram. And uh, this would be the point in the podcast where I would tell you the book I am discussing next episode. Uh, I decided I would, like Lauren, take a little time off on the podcast, at least a couple of weeks, um, you know, through at least through the rest of August. Uh, but... Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Joe's Bookstagram, and I will update you on there when uh, this podcast comes back and what books will be discussed. So everyone, again, thank you for listening, and uh, take care. Take care.